Okay, so yeah, we're going to look at this um, theme of eternally blessed, or how amazingly rich we are in Christ. Um, and in today's world, what people are often fascinated or obsessed with riches, material riches. You get the Times publishing a rich list every year, which lists the wealthiest people in the country or the wealthiest in the world. Um, we always hear about who's the current richest person in the world. Is it the guy who owns Amazon or is it Elon Musk or is it someone else? Um, but the glorious truth we're looking at today is that in Christ, you and I are spiritually speaking far richer than the richest billionaire outside of Christ. So how do we know this? But today we're going to look at our spiritual bank balance. And for any of you that know that I'm an accountant, I had to get this metaphor into this talk for you because that's just what I do. It's either spreadsheets or finance for me. Um, so we're looking at our spiritual bank balance. So I wonder how often do you check your financial bank balance? Have you ever gone to an ATM or checked your account only to find maybe you've got the letters DR next to your balance, which means overdrawn or you're in debit? Or maybe you checked and you were in credit, you had money, but there was less than you hoped for. Um, so hopefully everyone's happy with debits and credits. Quick accounting lesson for you there. Um, I have got spreadsheets ready to go if need be. Um, but today we're going to be looking at Ephesians 1, um, not 3, Ephesians 1 verses 3 through to 14. And we're going to be checking our spiritual bank balance. So let's start in that first verse, Ephesians 1, verse 3, which says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, unlike going to an ATM, every time you read your spiritual bank balance, it says, this is what it says. That's your balance. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's always good news, never the bad news. So this verse tells me that my overall balance on my heavenly bank account reads this. So for those who are in Christ, um, and the phrase in Christ actually is, is mentioned in this passage 11 times um, in the original language. But not only we're never in debit, but we have limitless credit on our account. And now verses four, three to 14 unpack this to get a more detailed statement of what actually is behind this figure um, and what it means for us to be eternally blessed. So here's our spiritual bank statement. Here's our final balance. We're going to be unpacking it and seeing what is, in, what is, what is on there, what's the rest of it made up of. Um, so... Yeah, as we look through the rest of the passage, when you, when Hazel was reading it, actually the the verses are quite relentless in how they're structured. When you speak it out loud, it's like an quite a fast-paced, non-stop passage. But that's actually because when it was first written, this um, was actually one long, unending sentence. This whole verses four to fourteen, it's over two hundred words long, and it's just one sentence. Um, but in that sentence, he's looked back, he's looking back at our eternity past, um, he's looking at the present, and he's looking 
into our eternal future. Um, and in that vein, so the first entry on my spiritual bank statement reads this. I am chosen in Christ. And being chosen, that means I'm not an accident. God wanted me and chose me. So God had a purpose for my life that predated my birth. And we know this from verse four, which says, for he, God the Father, chose us, Christians, in him, Christ, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. So God's plan for us to be saved didn't start when we accepted Christ. It started before the creation of the world, when he chose us to be in Christ, so that I might be holy and without blemish. Um, so imagine for a minute you're the owner of a very rare plant, um, but you need to put it into a vase to display it, and you go to the cupboard and you see some potentially nice vases, but they're really dirty. So you choose one, but you don't leave it dirty because you've got a very rare plant. You've got to give your vase a total and thorough clean inside and out so that you can display your priceless flower. And this is something that we enjoy in the first blessing mentioned. For all those in Christ, the Father chose to set us apart and then came and cleaned us up. He washed us inside and out so that we might be without dirt or blemish. A work that starts when we become Christians and continues for the rest of our lives in order that we might be fit vessels for his glorious presence to be in us and revealed in us and displayed like the plant. So the first blessing is this, I'm chosen in Christ and we're set apart and cleaned up for his glory. And the second blessing is also from the past and it says we are adopted in Christ. So if you know anything about adoption, you'll know that the child brought into the family becomes one of the family, just as much as a son or daughter, just as much as a brother or sister, sharing the ups and the downs, the privileges, responsibilities. Now something like this, but far more wonderful happened to us in Christ. So we re read in verse five, it says, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given to us in the one he loves. You'll notice a few in Christ in there again, as mentioned 11 times overall the passage. Um, so whether your parents have planned for you, whether they wanted you, rejected you, abandoned you, there is a father who always wanted you. In fact, he chose you and planned for you to be his child and heir before the creation of the world. Not just any child, but a child who's in Christ and therefore loved as much as the Father loves Christ. And not only did he plan for you to be his child, he planned for you to be his heir. And if you're an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ, we, have, we all have a massive spiritual inheritance coming. And now the next important statement and blessing in the passage is we are free and forgiven in Christ. And this is right now, we're free and forgiven in the present. Now in the ancient worlds, if you're a slave, the only way you could be freed was if someone came and paid the price for you. 
and verses seven and eight talk about this. We read how Jesus came to pay for us to be freed from slavery to sin and Satan. It says in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And when Paul talks about us being redeemed or freed by Jesus through his blood, he's saying Jesus stood in the gap for us and he paid the greatest price possible, not just blood flowing temporarily from one part of his body, a price greater than that, blood flowing from his back, head, wrists, feet. He hung in agony. He was naked on the cross. And why did he do that? It was to buy us back and set us free. We were slaves. And in particular, he paid the price for our sins so that we might be forgiven for every sin that we've ever committed and will ever commit. And this means that you and I never need to live in guilt, shame or condemnation because we have this blessing that we are free and forgiven in Christ. So we have the blessings from eternity past. I'm chosen and adopted in Christ. We have blessings in the present. I'm forgiven and free in Christ. And there's two more in the passage that relate to the future. And the first one of those is, I am expectant in Christ. Now, I don't know whether you ever feel depressed or hopeless about the future. Certainly at the moment, it's quite an easy thing to feel. You look at the world and feel like it's falling apart or maybe circumstances in your life feel like they're falling apart, don't they? When Paul wrote Ephesians, he was not in a good circumstance as well. He was in prison for his faith, but he was full of hope and expectancy because he had this blessing, not because he was certain that his immediate circumstance would change. It was because God revealed he's ultimately going to come and bring restoration and harmony, not just to the world, but the whole cosmos. And it says in verses nine and 10 of the passage, it says, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ as in Christ again to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment and to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So he's going to sort everything out. So Paul's hope and expectancy is based on a revelation that God's going to win the day, that no matter how tough the immediate future is, the ultimate future is going to be wonderful. And it's reminding us that when Christ comes back, the whole cosmos is going to be united and restored in him. Um, we read elsewhere in the New Testament that we're going to be resurrected, we're going to get new bodies, we're going to get to live in new heaven, and new earth with God the Father and the Lord Jesus and his whole redeemed family forever. Um, and that's amazing, but it's not just, it's not enough actually, just to be expectant of all these things that are going to be restored and reunited. Because I also want to know that I'm going to be part of that. And so the final blessing is that we're secure in Christ. So we have that security. Our parents always want to 
their children to know they're loved and secure. And we can try and show that in lots of different ways with words or actions, just say things to them like, don't you know I love you? Or we can reassure them just with our presence, just being there or giving them hugs, or playing with them. Um, now the wonderful news is that our Heavenly Father, who in eternity past chose me and planned for me to be his child and heir and sent Christ to free and forgive me and he wants me to feel secure. So he's reassured us through his word and through his presence in our lives by the Holy Spirit. Now, verses 13 and 14 say this, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So Paul uses two pictures in the spirit here to highlight how secure we are in Christ. So the first one he talked about was that the spirit comes into our lives as a seal. And that's a mark of ownership and protection. God's saying, you belong to me now and I'm going to protect you. Make sure you get home. The second picture they used there was that of a down payment or a deposit payment. So if you put a deposit down for something, it's part of the actual payment. There's also a guarantee that you are now the rightful owner of that thing. And also that you will pay the full sum at a later time. So in the same way, Paul's saying that God, because we have the spirit, that's a foretaste of the future. That's a down payment to us. It's also a guarantee that we, we will enter the fullness of our inheritance. That is our security. So this is what our spiritual bank balance looks like. It's the balance at the bottom being every spiritual blessing in Christ. And the blessings within it are that we're chosen and adopted. We're forgiven and free. We're expectant and secure. It almost seems too good to be true. How is it possible that we get all of this? And Well, there's nothing on the, on the other side. There's nothing on that DR side whatsoever. Um, how can this be about me? Well, first, we have to make it clear that we can do nothing to earn the blessings. Rather, they're a gift for all who are in Christ. But how do we get in Christ? Well, it's simply through faith. By having believed, that's all we have to do. It's like you need to... You need to go in to the bank, set up your account in Christ, in the bank of heaven, seeing how far we can stretch this analogy. Um, so make an appointment, put your face mask on, go to the bank of heaven. Um, all we have to do is receive that gift through faith and having believed God has done it all. We don't have to do anything other than believe and receive. And you can set up your bank in heaven today simply believing or putting your trust in christ who he is and what he's done and all this becomes yours so i'll just finish by reminding us of verse three of this passage again which says praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in christ
So I'm just going to pray about that. So Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for the free gift of grace that you've given to all of us. Thank you that you don't just save us, but you bless us. Thank you that you don't just leave us, but you help us. You make us secure and you, you reassure us you love us day by day. Thank you that you chose us and that we get to spend eternity with you. Amen.